On this episode of the Fellowship Podcast by CMF International, we wanted to do something a little different from our other episodes. We're actually going to be taking a look into the Enneagram personality types with Julie Jones, the Director of Missionary Care and Development. Now, there are a lot of resources on the Enneagram out there on the internet, lots of books to tap into. What's different about this episode is that it's a two-part series about the Enneagram, but specifically geared towards cross-cultural living and missionaries. And so today's episode, this first episode is in this two-part series, is on knowing yourself, knowing yourself through the Enneagram and living cross-culturally. I'm your host, Jake Moore. Welcome to The Fellowship. Hello and welcome to the Fellowship Podcast by CMF International. I'm your host, Jake Moore, and I am joined today by my friend, Julie Duval-Jones. Julie Jones is the Director of Missionary Care and Development for CMF International, and I'm so excited to have you on today, Julie. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks, Jake. It's really great to be here. I've been looking forward to this for days. Days, days. Yeah, when I wrote you, you were just so excited uh, for this opportunity. Well, we're going to do something a little different uh, on this particular episode, and I'm I'm really excited about it, and I know you are too because you're an Enneagram geek. Uh, I dabble dabble a little bit with the Enneagram. Um, In our previous episodes, we have done mostly interviews trying to gather the stories of our missionaries and former missionaries. and I hope to do that with you at some point in the near future. But for today, I want to get into the, a discussion on the Enneagram because it's something I know you've learned a lot from. You've grown and developed a lot from uh, your personal study of the Enneagram. But then you've also been encouraging our uh, CMF teams to know more about the Enneagram for their own personal development and for team dynamic development. And so, yeah, I, 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 yeah go ahead. I was just going to say yeah, I, I want to delve into that today. Go for it. Yeah, great. I was going to say that um, it's something that I really resisted at first. Um, hmm. And I was, I've been certified in DISC and, and other personality, you know, uh, assessments. And um, after a couple of years of learning about the Enneagram, it really just felt like someone was reading my mail. And, hmm. you know, once I kind of found myself, I learned so much about um, my personal growth and development, myself, things I didn't know about myself. And I just find it to be a really, really handy tool. Um, for all of us. Well, that's a great lead into my first question for you about the Enneagram. Like, where is it from? It feels like it's really popped up in the last four years in popularity, but that's not quite the case, right? It's just not not some new new personality right. type that you find on Facebook. No, it's actually pretty old. Um, and because it's so popular right now, a lot of people resist it. You know, those anti-establishment people, you know, mm-hmm. they're sick of hearing about it and all the memes, which really are pretty funny. Um, mm-hmm. But it actually, the the early origins are somewhat debatable. We're not really sure if it came with this religion or that religion. Mm-hmm. But um, the 40s and 50s, um, a guy named Oscar Yachazo, he's the first person in modernish history that we know about who um, worked through it. And then um, he used the work of a psychologist named Karen Horney. And then in the mm-hmm. 70s, a guy named Claudio Naranjo started using it. And then more recently, Richard Rohr, 
and mm-hmm. Ian Cron, um, Suzanne Stabile, Helen Palmer, those people have been using it. So it's been around at least 70 years the way we know it mm-hmm. now, but it's really based off some ancient wisdom. And, and in the 40s and 50s, those groups, were they Christian groups, like Christian spiritualists, or were they more on this the personality type and team dynamics kind of sociology um, side of things? I think it's a mix of all. There are some that did definitely use it for um, spirituality. I think the Franciscans um, a lot are the ones that used it in the 70s, but there are also psychologists involved and psychiatrists, and it's kind of a mix. Okay. Well, so it's per- we know it's a personality type. For someone maybe who's listening, maybe within the CMF family that isn't actually familiar with the Enneagram, when we talk about types or personality types, what are we talking about there? How many are there and kind of delve into the breakdown of why there are the numbers that there are? Well, the name Enya actually means nine in Greek. So there's mm-hmm. nine different types. Um, and okay. it's kind of the uh, theory that there are nine different personalities or personas, um, basically your motivation. The Enneagram measures people's motivation onto why they do things. Okay. So nine different personality types and there are motivations. Are there other aspects to the personality types as you study it, like motivations, pitfalls, things like that? Um, I know some other Uh, ones like with the disc, it kind of delves into that. Um, So is that another personality aspect to each of the numbers? Yeah, it really can go very, very deep. In fact, um, I kind of regret regret that we just have, you know, 30 minutes today because it's such an important tool and it can go into so many things besides your motivations. It can go um, into your fears and things that happen in your childhood and the, the, the question you're asking out of life. Um, there are things about your subtypes, which are instinctual variants, which are really important. You also have wings. You also have um, areas of personal growth and development and spiritual practices that you should take on. And really, once you get started on this, Mm -hmm. um, once you figure out your number, I really, really encourage people to go all the way and learn what they can about themselves and about other people. Okay. I I mean, I personally feel the same way. I want to know more about wings. And you don't mean like we get wings like a duck and we learn to fly. You mean there's (laughs) another number or something tagged on to your primary number. So let's talk about those first, the primary numbers, those nine personality types. Can you give us a quick rundown of what the nine different types are real quick? I can. Um, Really quickly, ones are called the reformers, and they're your people that are um, highly motivated to do what's right. They're kind of asking the question, am I good enough? And then looking into the world and just trying to make things good. Um, They're very um, ethical, principled. They have a lot of integrity and high standards. But the one thing that all ones have is this critical voice in their head, which is telling them what they could have done better, should have done better, you know, constantly critiquing them. And sometimes that leaks out on the people around them. Um, Mm -hmm. So So that's self-critique. That's a voice that's saying you could have done something better, but then it leaks out into others. Okay. Right. So they also can come across as being kind of critical of people around you. You know, they're the ones that walk in the house and like, why is that over there? And that should be this way. And what are you doing? And you know, yeah. they can, they can first of all, go to the negative side of things, which can, yeah. can be a little damaging. So you, you call them reformers. Number one's reformers. Mm-hmm. I've heard the term improvers is another, yeah. another one. Yeah. That's great. Okay. Sometimes perfectionists. Some people perfectionists. call them perfectionists. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Mm -hmm. And that's because they might have perfectionist type tendencies. Right. Yeah. Right. They okay. very much want to do what is right. Okay. Second, second type that we're looking at. Number two. Two. So those are the helpers and they're really mm -hmm. motivated by me being needed. They're asking, mm -hmm. you know, am I worthy of love? They are loving and caring and giving supportive. They're very generous, compassionate people. Mm -hmm. um, but at the same time, they're not very good at expressing their needs to other people. Hmm. So okay. um, they sometimes become manipulative, kind of like, you know, I do this for all those people, but they're not doing anything back for me. Mm -hmm. The catch is they're not always good at expressing those needs. So it's kind of like a, well, you should have known that I needed that. I served you. Why didn't you serve me? So, yeah, you know, yeah. Almost it can be a little manipulative. Yeah, they manipulate like uh, through help. In some ways, they can manipulate that situation. Okay, yeah. third type. Threes. These are the best ones, Jake. Oh, I as a three, I definitely think so. We're just <laughs> always winning. We're just always winning. Yeah, they're the achiever <laughs> or the performer, mm -hmm. um, and they're kind of asking the question of the world: Am I valuable? Um, they can get things done. They're very talented, multitaskers. They, mm -hmm. they kind of can morph into whatever the situation calls for. If they need to be quiet and supportive, they can. If they need to be loud and crazy, they can. If they need to be wise, they can. They really can just be whatever the conversation or the situation calls for. Um, but at the same time, uh, it's really kind of hard gentle. to connect. Be, be, gentle. be gentle. I'm being gentle. <laughs> it's really in some situations with some people, not mm -hmm. all threes. <laughs> it can be difficult to connect to them and, and mm -hmm. to really know who they are. And sometimes lots of threes don't know who they are inside yeah. because they're so adaptable. Yeah. You know, when you take all of those roles off at the end of the day, you say, you know, who am I? Um, I had a recruit tell me that he had a dream one time that he was in front of God naked and that all of these outfits were around him, you know, like here's my dad clothes, my sports clothes, my school clothes. And he asked God, you know, what are all these things? And God was telling him, that's who you are when you're a son. That's who you are when you're a husband. Mm -hmm. He said, but why am I naked? And he said, that's who you are when you're my son. You know, I love wow. you as you are. And he didn't even know about the Enneagram at that time. Turns that's out he's a three. Yeah. It's extremely powerful. That it's like yeah. a prophetic dream right there. Very yeah. much. Wow. So that's who your threes are. Okay, let's hear about the fours and the fourth type. Fours are the individualists. Um, mm -hmm. They like to be unique and authentic. In fact, they mm -hmm. say, you know, when you're in a room talking about Enneagram, if there's another four, you know, they're all kind of looking at each other side eyed, like, you can't be a four. I'm a four. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're judgy, judgy of one another. <laughs> yeah, they think they're the only one. Um, but they can be really creative empathetic they are the most empathetic number on the enneagram they feel everyone's feelings and they feel them all the way but um they're very creative a lot of your artists your singers poets writers they're very um they're fours but they can also um get kind of lost in those feelings and absorbed by their own emotions and they feel high highs and low lows and if they have a high high they want it higher and they want their low lows lower and um, they can be the, the pendulum swings really wide with a four. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. And the fives. Fives are the investigators. Um, mm -hmm. They're motivated to be self-sufficient. They're asking, you know, am I competent? Do I have what it takes? So they're really good um, detached observers. They kind of step back from what's going on and look at the systems and look at the processes and, and make decisions. They can study um 
you know, anything you want to know, they won't just, you know, go buy a dishwasher. They're going to go, you know, research dishwashers for five days and, you know, just all the way down, know all the mechanisms of dishwasher. Um, But they can also get kind of lost in that and Mm -hmm. they can come across as really emotionally detached, not good at relationships, you know, kind of introverted and um, get too up in their heads. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. And the sixes, where do they fall in with this? And the sixes. The sixes are the loyalists mm-hmm. and they're mm-hmm. motivated by being safe. What's really important to them, you know, if, if that they're safe and they know what's going to happen and they're, they're going to be taken care of. They are so reliable, hardworking, mm-hmm. trustworthy. They're very stable people. They, they like make the best wingmen or wing women. Mm-hmm. Um, I love to have a good six around me who's just chill and supportive and and is loyal steady steady yeah yeah six is really great um the challenge with being a six is that they can become anxious uncertain they're too indecisive mm-hmm. um it can be real defensive they have an in and out list it's like you're all on the in list until you do something to cross them and then they're in the out list and mm-hmm. nothing nothing you can do can put you back on that endless. It's because they're very loyal to their people. It's interesting. I, I would love to circle back to a question I have, but I'll, I'll say it and then but come, let's come back to it is okay. do sixes ever get confused for twos because of like wanting to help or be the wingman, but we yes. can, we can keep, keep talking okay, we'll about this number, but let's we'll come, come back, back to that. that. Right. <laughs> so um, sevens. Sevens and sevens are the Second best type, of course. <laughs> yes, the um, Julie Duval Jones of the world. Number seven. Some might say they're the best, but mm-hmm. um, we're the enthusiasts, the enthusiasts, the adventurers. Um, we're really motivated by positivity and possibility. We are optimistic and always thinking of the next thing to do. Um, fun people, they're creative and free spirits. Uh, really inspirational and can do a lot of things, you know, multi-talented and can do a lot of different things. But because of that, they can also get kind of scattered and mm-hmm. not really follow through and get overextended. They commit to too many things at once. Mm-hmm. Are you laughing because do you see me in this? No, no not at all. I don't, uh, I don't see you in that yet. Well, you, were def- I mean, you were definitely stoked to want to do the podcast with me. And so- There are so many things that we do and, and then we get overextended. But um, the, the one thing about sevens is that we reframe things. Um, it mm-hmm. might be a negative emotion um, and, and, and we come out positive, which on the surface looks really resilient and good. But, um, you know, we're like the people whose dog gets hit by the car, you know, we're like, oh, no, the poor thing. Oh, but at least she didn't suffer. And, hey, we can get a new puppy tomorrow. <laughs> and that seems like a and positive you will get a, and you And you will get a puppy tomorrow. I will right? definitely get a puppy, maybe two. <laughs> but it's not always a good thing because sevens don't feel their pain and they kind of skim across life. And so when it gets to a point where we have to sit in darkness and don't have an escape route, it we really can crash and crash hard. Okay. And the eights. And then your eights. Eights are your challengers. Um, and they're motivated by control, self-control and justice. Um, they're kind of asking, you know, who's going to stand in the gap for me? These are kids who, when they were young, for whatever reason, felt like the world was a, a didn't appreciate their vulnerability and their tender heart. So they became um, put on this armor that protected them. So they're really good at being leaders and advocating for other people, protecting them, um, you know, leading people. They're very confident. 
They have a lot of energy. They're the most energy on the Enneagram. Really? Um, yeah. Eights have the most energy, so they can go and go. They're the energizer bunnies of the Enneagram. Um, some of the challenges of an eight is they can be very confrontational, intimidating. Um, they might come across as too much. Another thing is as sevens take in all their feelings and they come out positive, eights take in all their feelings and they all come out as anger. So <laughs> it can be a challenge to be an eight. Interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. That's, that will be interesting as we talk about team dynamics on the next episode. Exactly. Might play out. exactly. All right, what about nines? Our last, then, our last type. Your dear sweet peacemakers. Um, they're motivated by peace and harmony. Uh, they're asking the question, you know, do I matter? Am I important? Are things that they're really good at being mediators? They see all sides of every number. In fact, sometimes it's hard for a nine to, to, a, pick their number and identify which one they are because mm -hmm. they can understand ones and they understand twos and they understand, mm -hmm. they understand all the sides. Um, they usually love nature. They're very accepting and trusting and supportive. They're super easygoing. Everybody loves mm -hmm. to be around a nine. Um, but some of the challenges of being a nine are that they're slow moving. Sometimes mm -hmm. they're just organized. They're not very good self managers. Mm -hmm. um, they kind of check out uh, like they do a thing that's called narcotizing where they can, they have a big paper due. So they watch Netflix for three days straight, or, you know, they play video <laughs> games when their, their field friend reports are due, or, yeah. you know, they just kind of like check out and fall asleep to life. And it's really hard to get a nine to know themselves and then mm. trust themselves enough to express their opinions. Well, it's really fascinating, Julie. Would you mind just saying the number and the name for each type, uh, just all sure. in a row, would be great. I'd be happy to do that. So you have the ones, those are the reformers or the perfectionists. Mm -hmm. You have the two, those are the helpers. Mm -hmm. Threes, achievers or performers. Fours, individualists. Five, investigator or the observer. Six is the loyalist. Seven, the enthusiast or the adventurer. Eight is the challenger. And nine is the peacemaker or the mediator. Okay, so the nine types of the Enneagram, which means mm -hmm. nine. <laughs> That's does. great. I learned something new today. I don't Written know how nine. I that. Yeah. <laughs> so there are tons of resources out there. There are other podcasts out there. So many. The, the point of today's episode really isn't for us to just talk about the Enneagram and that everybody should do it. What you and I had discussed was that it'd be cool to bring this into the discussion of cross-cultural ministry and yeah. CMF and particularly our missionaries. Um, and so if you all listening or, or possibly watching uh, this particular episode are interested in some more resources, definitely reach out to Julie. Uh, Julie, would there be some books, though, that you would suggest people can get a start with or maybe some websites that they could jump into before you and I now then transition this discussion into the cross-cultural piece? Sure, sure. Um, I love the book, The Road Back to You by Ian Cron and Suzanne Stabile. And then there's a new one that just came out called The Honest Enneagram by Sarah Jane Case. Mm -hmm. It is really easy to use and lays it all out. Um, it's very user-friendly. So those are my favorite books. And those have um, test, tests or something in them so you can like learn your type or how does that um, work? No, really what you should do is type yourself. There mm -hmm. are there are tests out there, but it's very easy to test another number. And that's one reason I didn't like the Enneagram for two years because I kept testing <laughs> a two and I'm not a two. Mm -hmm. um, so there are plenty of tests on the internet. You can start with one. 
But if you don't feel like that sounds like you, don't dismiss it. Learn about the types and you'll find yourself. In fact, you say the best place to find yourself is on the negative side of the numbers. You kind of go in mm-hmm. through the basement and, you know, you might say, I do this, this, this. But when you get to the negative traits of a number and you're like, oh, yeah, I do do that. You know? That was definitely the, the case for me with coming out with the type three. It was reading the negatives and particularly perceptions of God or how God perceives me. Uh, right. Definitely ways that have informed my faith over the years <laughs> in very negative ways. Uh, and so <laughs> being able to see that is like, okay, yeah, I'm clearly a, a three uh, on the Enneagram for that. So, okay. So those are some great resources. So take the test. That's a, that's a good thing to start with, but don't base all of your Enneagram type off of that uh, for all you listeners out there. Right. Um, and there are a lot of good podcasts out there too. In fact, mm-hmm. most of what I've learned, I've learned on podcasts. Um, mm-hmm. Christopher Hewitt just did a great one on Brene Brown's podcast Unlocking Us the other day. I would okay. highly recommend that. He did as much better than I'm doing on this, but also awesome. the Typology Podcast by mm-hmm. Ian Cron, The Enneagram Journey by Suzanne Stabile, The Enneagram of Belonging by Christopher Hewitt. All those are really great podcasts to take you deeper yeah, on your, your number. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Well, so those are resources that our folks can tap into. But let's talk a little bit now about the cross-cultural piece, the missionary piece, being a mm-hmm. part of CMF International. As you think about distressors that a lot of our folks are under on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, yeah. particularly right now, uh, under the state of the world um with the COVID-19 pandemic. Where do you see some of the strengths for each of the types playing out? And where do you see some of the challenges playing out, uh, particularly when it comes to the cross-cultural piece? Yeah, if I could give you like um, the strengths and the weaknesses of cross-cultural ministry and then kind of some tips for each. Yeah, that'd be perfect. That would help. Okay. Um, I think one's, you know, one of their strengths is they're there to accomplish something. You know, lots mm-hmm. of us when we get to the field. Sometimes we kind of lose our focus because just living takes so much time. Ones will keep that mission in the forefront and they'll accomplish it. But they mm-hmm. also get um, frustrated when their mm-hmm. idealism doesn't meet reality. You know, they think okay. it should be this way and it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, so they can become critical of the culture, but more importantly, they become critical of themselves and they hmm. feel like I'm a failure. You know, I came here to do this, this, and it's harder than I thought. And, you know, I've always made decisions and had a plan and now it's falling through. Um, like so they language, really can, they language studies, language yeah. studies would be yeah. a place where it would play out. Why um, am I not learning this language? You know, I've, mm-hmm. I've studied, studied, study, and they could get really hard on themselves. So they do have a high rate of burnout and failure. Um, mm. Ones think too much. They -hmm. think, 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 think. They sometimes have a hard time sleeping because they're just replaying everything in their head. So they really need to find a hobby that helps them to stop thinking. And Mm -hmm. some ones even enjoy meditation, just a place to check out, like Mm -hmm. um, prayerful meditation or reading poetry in the Psalms. Mm -hmm. Um, Another area of growth for ones is to read people who don't agree with them, you know, to try to understand other people's points of view. Yeah, you know, to kind of get it from the inside out, and then they need to ask themselves: um, Are my standards for perfection causing unnecessary resentment? Because ones have a lot of resentment under the surface. There's a lot of anger underneath there, so they wow. stick that on it. Write that on note cards. Stick it on your mirror. Hmm. No, say that. I, say that I, question again. Yeah. Are my standards for perfection causing unnecessary resentment? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then ones need to pray for patience. 
because they're going to need it. <laughs> Definitely um, on the mission field, they're going to need it. Yeah. yeah, we all need it, but ones mm -hmm. need it especially. Um, as far as twos go cross-culturally, um, they're so good at loving the people they're called to serve. I mean, they're the helpers. They're the servers. That's why they're there. They want to love and help people. Um, but they're not really good at self-care. And so they also have a high rate of burnout. Um, and lots of times in lots of our contexts, we are giving to cultures that don't give back. I mean, it was years in Africa before I started developing relationships that were reciprocal. I mean, you just mm -hmm. feel like you give and give and give and give. Um, and it, twos kind of give. Oh, go ahead. Ethio I was just going to say Ethiopia, particularly with the Gumus people, the tribe we were with, there's not a word for thank you. Like, there you go. It doesn't <laughs> exist. So it's like you're just giving, giving, giving. And they're just taken, taken, taken. So I can see that playing out for a two Absolutely. in that way, especially in that type of a context. Yeah, and their emotions get all tangled up in relationships. So it'll be very important for them to get some perspective, um, to wait before responding to others so that they don't, you know, overcommit, you know, use their mm -hmm. voicemail, wait a day before you answer emails, you know, because they're <laughs> like, I just want to help everybody. And then they're overcommitted. Um, they need to practice that phrase, let me get back with you. Let me think about that, you know. Um, something that's really great for twos is something called morning papers, where you get up in the morning and you just write, like not even thinking, just write every thought that comes into your head, write it, write it, write it, read mm -hmm. it, and then crumple it up and throw it away. It's kind of like taking out the trash. Hmm. Um, What's the benefit for you get, in doing that? They get all these feelings and all these emotions and, you know, so-and-so I gave to them and they didn't give back. I did this for this person and they didn't do anything for me. And they can write it all out and just get it out of their head and heart and then just pitch it in the trash. And that's kind of like a, almost like a, a ritual or a symbol of starting a new day fresh. So that's really helpful wow. for them. That, that sounds um, powerful even for other types too. Anyways. Yeah, for anyone. Yeah. Wow. So they need to take care of themselves and communicate their needs and then pray for humility because twos have a hard time with pride. We want to feel like uh, we can do it all on our own and hmm. really have to learn that we can't. Yeah. yeah. We can't meet all the needs. Okay. And the threes. Right, well, three. Yeah. Yes. Threes. Um, the great thing about threes cross-culturally is they'll go for it. They're all in. They're the achievers. They're there to accomplish something. They're going to get it done. Mm -hmm. Um but they don't slow down enough sometimes to do that authentic work and really connect with the people they're serving or really connect with their team. Mm -hmm. um, and it can kind of be all about them, you know, all about what I'm doing but I, and, and forget, you know, this is God's work. Mm -hmm. We're just part of it. Uh, right. Failure is hard on threes, but it's good for mm -hmm. them. Yeah. <laughs> it, it probably is good for those threes every once in a while. I don't know if anybody else Everyone. other than me can relate to that. Uh, Oh, okay. Um, a thing that's good for threes is to spend time alone. Mm -hmm. um, really, you know, without any of the other outfits and hats that you're wearing. Who am I? Who am I when I'm just before God? To slow down their thinking when other people are talking, really listen to the other person, really connect with what they're saying, um, to name their feelings and share them with a close friend, uh, to work on developing compassion, you know, praying for people by name or praying the headlines, you know, stuff yeah. like that. Oh, and they need to pray for integrity to be mm -hmm. whole and undivided. Yeah. And so when you think of integrity, it's, it's finding that, that true self for the three and living out of that. Is that what you mean by the integrity piece? Exactly. Not, not that they're completely liars though. No, we no, are. No. 
we are guilty of being chameleons, which can be perceived maybe as being a liar. <laughs> yeah, I mean that by, you know, over here we're the fun one, over here we're the quiet one, over here we're the wise one, you know, mm -hmm. but to be all those, the fun, quiet, wise, you know, it's hard to get a balance of all three of those things. But when I mean pray for integrity, that you can mm -hmm. have all of those things at one time. Yeah. Wow, that's, yeah. that's good stuff. I needed to hear that. All right. The fours. <laughs> okay. When fours are cross-cultural, they work cross-culturally, they're very creative and they can be very mm -hmm. adaptable. So, you know, they have these creative methods. Um, they accept the culture and the people as they are, you know, they're not usually fighting against it. It's that's who they are. That's what they, you know, they have a deep and true connection to people around them. Um, but if fours are not really caring for themselves, they can slip into the pits of despair. If you look at the Enneagram at the bottom of it, there's four and five and there's a big space between them. Mm -hmm. And they say, you know, that's kind of the abyss and fours or fives are always kind of looking into the abyss and mm -hmm. they can very easily fall off into it. And so they, mm -hmm. they need to be sure to be um, checking on their mental health, that they have someone who can help them um, with their thoughts. Cause lots of times they get up in their heads and have these thoughts that just aren't true that kind of write a narrative for them. Mm -hmm. Um, and fours need to be sure to create, to express beauty, to garden, to write, to sing, you know, whatever it is that they do to bring beauty to the world. It's really important for fours, yeah. but they also need to learn to live a normal life, you know, pay mm. the bills, do the field fund reports, buy the mm. groceries, clean your room. You know, they kind of, the daily things that have to be done, go to the bottom of the list for the more mm. interesting, creative ones. So that is that's area of growth. Yeah. Field fund yeah. reports. You keep bringing that up. I think there's somebody that needs <laughs> to hear that today. Somebody on that's or, listening. <laughs> or answer, answer emails when the mm -hmm. office writes and asks you if they can pray for you. Because mm -hmm. how many times do we pray for people? I'm like, well, we haven't heard back from so-and-so. <laughs> yeah. It's just because they're that into their ministry. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Fives. Yeah. Fives. What do we got? What do you got for the five? five? Okay. Cross-culturally, fives are great because they're, first of all, they're good tourists because they like to mm. go into a place and learn about it, you know, kind of just gather everything they can about the culture, the history, the people. Um, they are good because they're curious. They ask a lot of questions. Um, they're interested in new information all the time. So they can really find out things that others of us don't really find out just because they think to ask about it. They're very good at developing strategy um, but they can get too fixated on the results and, and forget about relationships. Um, mm. So if the culture demands a lot of time or relationships, it can very quickly deplete their energy. Um, fives have a very limited amount of energy. And by the end of the day, it's gone. It renews okay. itself in the morning. But in the day, the amount of energy they have is all they're going to have that yeah. entire day. If, if they're resting um, well, if they're eating well, exercising, right. they can be restored. Very important. Mm -hmm. It's very important for fives to do something in their body, like exercise, uh, run, yoga, mm -hmm. you know, and then they have to take time out for themselves. They absolutely cannot give, give, give. They will disappear. Yeah. Okay. Um, they need to put a time limit on their researching. They can't, mm -hmm. you know, study the culture for 14 years. You eventually have to start <laughs> yeah. or study the language or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, they, they, they miss life by observing it. So they really need to, get out there and do something even when they feel uncomfortable about it. Yeah. Um, they need to communicate their connections to other people. They may not care so much about relationships, but other people really do want to know that they matter. Um, they need to have a mantra enough is enough and God will supply my needs. I need to remember mm -hmm. to move towards people and not away from people. Okay. That's, those are powerful tools for fives for sure. 
Yeah, okay, sixes. What do we got? Okay, sixes. Cross culturally, they're going to go more slowly. They're the slower people to enter. It may take them a year or two before they really get into the way things are going. Um, they'll ease into things, but once they get to the place where they know they're safe and they understand what's going on, um, they're very, very steady. That you can, if they trust you and they know there's a support system and they can trust the culture, they just kind of continue at that steady space where some people get in quickly and then taper off mm -hmm. and others just never really start. Sixes will start slowly, but once they get moving, they really can go a long time and be very steady and, um, and learn to love the people they work with and be very mm -hmm. loyal to them. Um, and so that's, that would be loyalty to both their national partners and the people they're doing outreach with as well as teammates. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Both. Yeah. yeah. Okay, They're good people right. to have around, but they are a little more slow to start because they want to be sure it's safe. They got to test the water, you know, mm -hmm. one step at a time. Okay. This is holding me up the next step. Mm -hmm. um, sixes need to stop playing devil's advocate. You know, how many times do they, you know, well, this could happen. Oh, but that could happen. Well, I think I'll do this. Well, but maybe I shouldn't do that. Mm -hmm. um, they need to stop second guessing themselves. Um, it's really good for sixes to journal their questions before asking other people, because in doing that, sixes will realize, oh, I had the answer. I knew the answer. And sometimes they ask too many questions and pull too many people and get too many opinions before they make a decision. Hmm. And if they would just take the time to explore what they already know, they may realize that they already know the truth. Oh, that's um, interesting. Morning pages, yeah, morning pages are good for sixes too. Hmm. Write it all down and throw it away, let go of it. And it's important for them to have a circle of trust. Um, or, you know, a clarity committee, people that they can go to and say, this is what's going on. Now tell me, am I right? Am I wrong? <laughs> what do I need to change? And they're very good to receive that. So for a, our average missionary that might be a six, who would you suggest be the circle of trust for them? Would that be teammates, spouse, friend, supporter? Like where, where would you see that falling for them? Yeah, I think that it should be someone on, there should be someone on your team. There should be someone in your, you know, a spouse, of course. If you have a spouse, you should be able to have a, that kind of relationship. Um, but then I also think they would need two people who are removed from the situation who um, can really are just in their court, who can listen to them, you know, who know them really well, too. So I think it would have to be balanced. And of course, the care team is always there as well. Yes, yes. The director of missionary <laughs> care and development is there, is there. Always, yeah. <laughs> okay, those sevens. Sevens. Uh, let's see. Cross-culturally, you know, we see challenges as opportunities. Mm -hmm. We love to figure it out and get out there and have the adventure. Um, we love the experience. A lot of us love serving people. We have lots of energy and ideas. Um, but we do avoid pain. So if we're starting to feel trapped and feel like, you know, there's no way out and we're stuck in this life and we haven't done the work of being able to sit in our pain and our darkness, um, it can be really, really hard for us to settle into a routine and stay the course. As you know, uh, on the mission field, a lot of time is just spent doing the things. It's not interesting yeah. and exciting and crazy. There's a lot of paying the bills and fixing what's broken and making meals and um, you're going to have to learn to settle. Showing, showing up every day, being constant. Show up every yeah. single day. Mm -hmm. um, so for the growth and development of a seven, we need to constantly be checking our emotions. There's something that I do, a practice that I do, where I ask myself, what joys am I not celebrating? Mm -hmm. What losses am I not grieving? What anger am I holding on to? And what fear am I not acknowledging? 
we are not very good at knowing our own our own feelings. And so we have to go back and ask ourselves those four questions and learn to sit in the dark and then learn to let those things go. Um, could you could you say those again real quick? Yeah. I say, what joys am I not celebrating? What losses am I not grieving? What anger am I holding on to? And what fear am I not acknowledging? Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are really I'm, important. I'm sure they're yeah important, like you're saying, for a seven to work through. But again, it's like some of these other things you're mentioning. I'm like, man, I got to be making notes. I want to go back and re-listen to these this podcast and uh, write all this stuff down because I need to be doing those questions for myself even. Yeah, actually, those three questions, those four questions are really good for number three, seven, and eight, which mm. we don't have time to go into why. Yeah. It's because we're we're feeling repressed, but we don't have time mm. to go into that today because <laughs> we're already over time. But Yeah, yeah, no, we're, we're good to go. This is great. So, okay, the challengers, uh, were we ready to step into the challengers a little bit? Let's listen to what we got yep, for the eight. Oh, I didn't say what seven... Oh, seven need to pray for fortitude. Fortitude need to pray for fortitude. Their willingness to accept life as it is, you know, Mm -hmm. to see the beauty as it is. Okay. Eights, the challengers, Mm -hmm. oh, cross culturally, they're great because they do not sit still. They get Mm -hmm. there, they figure it out, they make a plan, they execute it. Um, You know, they're like, learn, plan, do, boom, done. You know, they (laughs) go for it. So they're they're very helpful Mm -hmm. to motivate um, themselves and the people around them. Um, but they can be very frustrated by cultures that, um, don't necessarily communicate clearly, Mm. you know, kind of those honor shame cultures or uh, where we were in Ivory coast, people kind of told you what you wanted to hear. Not really. what. And so, you know, eights are shoot me straight. Mm -hmm. What is it? You know, tell me what's going on. So they can get really frustrating, um, Mm -hmm. frustrated and frustrating because Mm -hmm. they can also make it a competition for their their teammates, you know, they kind of um, Mm -hmm. can cause relational damage. They can be all about the charge and all about the goal and the mission and forget that there's people that they need to be bringing with them. And Mm -hmm. um, for eights, conflict is connection. Hmm. But for the rest of us, conflict is connection. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So we'll talk about that more when we talk about teams tomorrow, but Mm -hmm. we do, I mean, later, but we do need to be careful Mm -hmm. about that. Um, for growth and development for an eight, they need to do what Ian Cron calls snap, which is in, mm-hmm. it's just stop what you're doing, mm-hmm. notice, meaning read the room, look around, you know, how is what I'm doing affecting other people? How's it being received? Mm-hmm. And then they need to, they need to ask the question, is this the story I want to be writing right now? Mm-hmm. Is this the story I want to be telling? And then pivot, make another decision. So it's, mm-hmm. and go a different direction. So that's really important for eights. Stop, mm-hmm. notice how it's being received. Ask, is this the story I want to be ready right now? And then pivot and go a different direction. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also need a gratitude journal. Every day mm-hmm. they should be writing the things that are good about life and things that they're thankful for. And then they need an energy outlet. They need to mm-hmm. run. They need to box. They need to do something because <laughs> they keep all this anger in their bodies. they got to mm-hmm. find a way to, to get to it get all out. That's not on... Yeah. Their family, or their roommate, or their teammate, or their team, <laughs> or, or the their partner. Christian partners, yeah. And they need to pray for compassion. Aids have mm-hmm. a, sometimes forget to be compassionate for other people and the narratives and the way they see life. Okay. Um, and our nines are are the, our last. And our nines, our last ones. Um, Cross culturally, they're great because they roll with the punches. I mean, they're mm-hmm. just the 
epitome of flexibility. They figure out how to live anywhere. They just kind of go along with the flow. Um, they go slowly and carefully, but they do learn to build relationships with the people in their community. They are relational. They care about people. Um, the, some of their challenges are that it's harder for them to you know, get a plan, make a plan, implement it. Uh, they're not the best time managers or self-motivators. They have the least amount of energy on the Enneagram. So they're kind of, you know, okay. go real slowly. So they usually need uh, some outside structure as to how to structure their days and, and make goals and, and keep them to the task. Um, for nines, they need to practice being aware of what needs to be done. They mm. need to be asking what needs to be done, what's mine to do, because I have a son who's a nine and he can say, you know, oh, somebody needs to do the dishes. But it never occurs to him that he should do the dishes, you know. Uh-huh. Interesting. So not only what needs to be done, but what's mine to do. And then they need to go farther than that. How will I do it? And then when will I do it? And then it's good to communicate that with somebody else um, so that someone will hold them accountable to what they said they would do. And um, they're really good at resting. And that's really great. But they also need to know themselves and um, practice speaking up because nines aren't always the best to just say what they think or feel. It takes them a long time to even know what they think or feel. So and they need to pray for strength and mm -hmm. diligence. Okay. So that's a rundown on the nine personality types for the Enneagram. And we were trying to tailor that specifically towards our missionary colleagues uh, out in the field around the world. Um, and I found it to be incredibly insightful, uh, and I'm grateful for this time that you've given to me, Julie, and I'm excited because we're going to do part two, uh, of this whole discussion on the Enneagram, but now we're going to shift into teams and personality types of the Enneagram on teams and specifically on our CMF mission teams and living cross-culturally. Thanks for this time, Julie. And my thanks to you for listening in on this episode of the Fellowship Podcast by CMF International. We hope this episode will inspire you to learn more about yourself and the unique ways that God has equipped you for your ministries. Now get out there and connect with what God is doing in the world around you.